today we're talking about death, right? Yeah, I'm getting anxiety right now just thinking about being trapped in a coffin. Can you survive eating your own flesh? He had no idea when he put that screwdriver down that that was the last time he was going to put that down. How many more times will you see like a full moon? You can literally count them. Thank you for joining us on Channel 33. We cover death, mortality, and faces covered in pee. Today we've human animals doomed to know they'll end, screaming into the dark as mortals often tend. So just lean back, relax, and let it flow. No matter how we get there, there's only one place we'll go. The channels will change, though you'll never see. We do jump around. They're all 33. We are now recording. Uh, the more bullshitting we do now, the more I have to cut out later, so. Oh, well, now you made me nervous. All right. <laughs> Okay, so now that we're actually recording. Um, all right, so, hey, Corwin. Hi. Hi, Fabian. How was your week? Um, <laughs> was it well, awesome? Uh, my father-in-law died. Yeah, mine was cool, too. <laughs> yeah? Okay, so we're just going to talk personal stuff. We also have a guest. Who's the guest? Uh, I know her is Marge. Marge is... Are we going to call you Marge? I mean, I guess so. What okay, else cool. would you want um, so what do you think is the longest conversation you and I have ever had in the 10 years that we've been in each other's orbits? This one that we've just had. Definitely. I agree. Um, where are you from? Same place you're from. Are we allowed to cuss on y'all's thing? Yeah. 100%. Fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, cause yeah. I wanted to call you the same fucker. Um, it was Texarkana. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm technically from stamps, which is like, for me so growing much, up, so much we, better. Like, we always... Texarkana had a mall, so we would drive over to Texarkana to like do cool stuff. Um, but that's, so now you live here in Fayetteville. That's fucking funny. Yes, actually, today's my. If you look at follow me on Facebook, uh, I posted today is eleven years ago. Today I moved to Fayetteville with my mouse, and her name was Modest. Eleven years, shit, I missed out. I moved the day before my birthday. I got the fuck out of Texarkana. Wow. Oh, wait. Whoa. Oh, so it was the day before your birthday that you moved up here? That's a good way to start. Yes. Yeah, I guess. So so how was your week? Hold on. I am... Yeah, yeah. I'm picking up Fabian through Marge's microphone, but I'm not mm. picking up Marge through Fabian's microphone. Interesting. Sorry. I, no, can we, cut, yeah. I can cut this part out. I just want to go ahead and... Yeah. If we don't fix that now, then that means that I'm going to have to go through the entire recording and try to fix it. Marge, you're going to have to move the cat. What the fuck is that noise? <laughs> it's the cat. It's it's one of those HP Lovecraft cats where that's how the sound it makes sounds to our human ears. Like that's just the perceivable sounds. Uh huh. Yeah, the the sound of that cat warps the geometries of the room. <laughs> has the has it? Has the world gone fractal around you, Fabian? Yes, I've I've turned inward within myself. I'm not sure what I am anymore. 
Golden ratios, shapes within shapes within shapes. They're more like brown ratios now. Oh, I see. Oh, well, we found the brown note. I'm officially in my recording studio now. You're you're in you're in a like a little studio by yourself. Go ahead and talk I a know, little bit I, more. I, sh- I shut my bedroom doors. Shit. I mean, All right. I already stopped. Okay, Fabian, you talk now. <laughs> that did uh-huh. not come through Marge's microphone at all. Awesome. Wonderful. Man. Okay, did we want to just start over from the beginning? Oh, goodness. Oh, we can just piece it all sure. back together. It'll, I it'll, it'll, yeah. Um, so we were talking about where Marge had actually came moved. Came from Texarkana. On, yeah, uh, moved, came to Fayetteville 11 years ago. Day with before her birthday. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Hey, how is, Mo- how is Modest doing? Um, oh, I, you... Mo- Modest doesn't live very long, does it? Listen, do you... So Modest, Dada, Fabian, you remember Dada? I do. Yeah, sweet Dada. So one day, well, I bought like all this fancy shit for Modest and have a fish tank for her house. One day I get a call from Kayla and she says, where's Modest? I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. In her cage? She said, no, she's not. She said, stuff's all moved around. And so I went home and I guess Dada ate her. Oh, Jesus. Kayla was upset about it. I mean, I, that's the only thing that could have happened. She, Kayla thinks that maybe she ran away, but that's fucking stupid. She's chasing her. rabbits in the country. And I saved that. It was a feeding mouse. I saved her from getting eaten by a snake, and she just got eaten by a cat. So circle of life, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it's more noble, really. But eaten by a snake, she would have been eaten alive and would have suffocated. She, eaten by a well, cat, she sure. probably died quicker. We can hope. Um, I feel like cats torture would I don't know. I don't want to think about my death. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, but isn't that what we're talking about, though? I've always thought a bad way to die would be being eaten by ravenous children. Because they're so small, it would take forever. My worst fear of how I could die is an alligator in a death roll. Oh, gnarly. Have you, have you seen those fuckers? Like, hook them up to a generator and just, like, slap a steak. Yeah. Uh... I, I, too, grew up watching Crocodile Dundee and he- hearing Paul Hogan's monologue on how a crocodile drags you to the bottom, does a death roll, and kills you there. So um, that's my big... I don't think I'm going to die that way, though, but because I'd steer clear of anything that has to do with deep water. Okay. Thalassophobia, I think, is what what's that called? What that's called? Fear of deep Where, water? Uh, yeah, just it's a fear of... I don't know if it's a fear of deep water, but it's a fear of um, a surface that you can't see the bottom of. So, like, you don't know what's under there. You don't, like, oh, oh, my God, it touched my, something touched my foot. Something touched my foot. That's the lysophobia. Like, there's a whole subreddit dedicated just to freaking, freaking you out with that kind of stuff. I don't Uh, ever look under the water. Anyways. So, I guess to... Today, we're talking about death, right? I think so. Okay, Fabian, we're talking about death? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, I what's, think it's our first episode of the theme. What's your, uh, what's your most feared of way to die, I guess? Mine? Yeah. Well, like, told I, really, I went comedic with it, really. And like, but when I thought about it, like, logistically, so um, if there were a bunch of kids that were like, maybe zombies or just really <laughs> mad at you, 
Um, they're so small because I think being eaten, it'd be a horrible way to die. This is where this, this idea really first originated was that being eaten, while it's the most natural and probably the most common of all organisms way to die, because you're real lucky to just like, die because your body gave out because it, it ran its batteries too long. But most things just get eaten by other things. And if you got like swallowed whole, like like a mouse by a snake or or whatever, then you would be slowly digested and suffocated and all that. That's pretty bad. Or like you know swallowed by a whale, like you're just stewing in like, the stomach juices. But if tiny children start taking bites of you, it's, you're gonna bleed out faster than they're actually gonna like hit something important. Like at least like um, predator animals, like a leopard, really know to go for the jugular and take you down so they don't waste their physical energy. But just crazy children chewing on you with their tiny teeth is just pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Way, pretty terrible way to go. Nice. Nice. I'll tell you Mine this. Is... Fabian, I don't think you're going to die that way, but. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't. Thank you. I think, I think Marge well, and I are okay. kind of going for. Uh, kind of going for realistic ways that we could die. Um, hey, I'm just answering I, the question. I st I appreciate your input, Fabian. Mine is uh, out since nobody's asking me. I guess I'll just throw it out there. That's fine. Please do. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. 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 Definitely. It's kind of rude not asking me how I am afraid. <laughs> Doesn't to die. mean I don't care. Okay. Um. But like, trapped in an enclosed space is my most feared. What, like the 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 way of dying that scares me the most, like that Ryan Reynolds movie. Yes, I was just about to say that. Ryan Reynolds movie. Oh, you when he's it. trapped in the coffin, he's buried alive. He doesn't Whole die. Movie. Oh shit! Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. Or Kill Bill, or um, The Descent, or uh, but maybe not even necessarily like trapped in an enclosed space, but like. Like what was it, 136 hours or whatever? The yeah, where he's trapped in the rock and he cuts his arm off with a dull pocket knife. I totally get the motivation for cutting your own arm off with a dull pocket knife because it's just like I've got enough air. Um, like in the Ryan Reynolds movie, he's gonna suffocate pretty quickly. But are you are you claustrophobic at all? I'm a little claustrophobic. Like I don't do caving. It's just See, the I need anxiety right now just thinking about being trapped in a coffin. <laughs> the just the I I I guess the idea of being trapped alone and there just not being any options and knowing Except that death will death will happen and I've got another couple days to think about it before I dehydrate to death. You can come to terms with it. I yes. mean, I think you would come to terms with it in waves. Like, okay, all right, this is this is gonna happen, and then you would like you would oscillate between rage, coming to terms with it, back to rage, coming to terms like, I, and then it would just be this whole emotional journey the entire time, and like part of the emotional journey would be like, okay, I can do something about this, and then understanding like, no, I can't do anything about this, just uh, uh it's just terrifying a, to me. Better than getting eaten by tiny babies. I had a really cool girlfriend that would read me stories, and one time she wanted to read me Stephen King's Night Shift compilation book, and she read me one of the stories in there called Survivor Type. Are you familiar with it? I'm not. I'm not no. familiar with it. Okay, so dude is on a on a um he is, he was in a plane, a single like single person Cessna, and wait a minute, is this the guy who was smuggling drugs? He was smuggling drugs. Oh my god, I remember this story. 
Yeah. And oh, so, God. Um, when he crash landed, he broke his ankle. And he was waiting. He was made a little fire. Um, couldn't find any. No, no ships were passing. No planes were going overhead. Things were getting dire. He tried to kill a, a, a fucking seagull or something. Eventually, he's, he's starving to death. And he looks at that broken foot. And he decides there's no saving the foot. The bone's not going to heal. Um, so he cuts it off. And he... Well, he he's a little tourniquet, and he's smuggling it. drugs. So he does a bunch of heroin first. That's right. That's and then cuts the foot off. And, and he continues to do a bunch to, of this overdose. That was terrible to say, but maybe he did that in the end. How did it end? I don't even remember. The end, um, if I'm remembering the story correctly, the end is him talking about how high up both legs he's gotten because oh, he starts yeah. with the foot, and then he starts like whenever he gets hungry. He does some heroin because he's got a shit ton of it, and then he eats a little bit more of him of himself. So he's talking about like, oh, I've, you know, I've I'm about mid thigh now, and then the the story ends. That's not a true story, is it? No, no, but Stephen King did like I, I, oh, Stephen rem- King. I did read. I I don't remember where I read this, but I read. Uh, Stephen King did talk to a doctor about like, can you survive eating your own flesh? And the doctor's like, weird question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so you can drink your own pee too. No, the, drinking your own pee actually has a bunch of salts and stuff in it that dehydrates you faster. And like a lot of the stuff you pee out is stuff that your body is getting rid of for a, a reason. So drinking your own pee is actually hey. not that great. But I didn't say it was going to keep you alive. I don't know where I was going with that. I... Yeah, Bear Girls was just drinking other people's pee on camera. It was kind of like movie <laughs> magic. Um, but on the I flip mean, side of the flip for side fun, of the sure. But I mean, for survival. No. No. Wait, 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 Fabian. Before you start, can I say one more thing? Mm-hmm. One thing. Absolutely. About pee. So that please, you know that that show, um, a strange addiction or something like that. So this, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 If you don't, it doesn't yeah. matter. Anyways, so this girl would pee and she put it in a jar and she would use it as her face wash i mean did it work i mean i don't think so but i mean clearly (laughs) she looked in the mirror and thought it did but i didn't see any difference but i mean but her boyfriend would get upset with her because her face would smell like pee anyways i mean there's some (laughs) there's some boyfriends that would be like oh this is the best thing ever yeah like there's somebody out there for everybody. There's somebody out there who's like, who would be like, oh, going in for a kiss and then you smell delicious, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's somebody out there for you, lady. And what you're doing is not really hurting anybody. So, uh, what a creative solution! What a creative solution to the problem is that it's not that she puts pee on her face is the problem. She just has the wrong partner. I mean, it's very yeah. optimistic. If if that's what makes her happy. Then she needs to find a partner that kind of, you know, you you got a lock and then you have a key that fits, that lifts all the tumblers to the right position, and right? Same kind of thing. Just complained about the pee smell, you know? Yeah. Like, sorry, bro. Yeah. Like, but he's not, he's not breaking up with her over it, which is weird too. Cause right. he's, he's involved as well. He's got agency. He is oh, a human being adult. He could leave and he's, he's not. She started washing, putting it on his face. That was another part of it. He likes it. He's got to like it. I'm, I'm calling it. He's into it. He just doesn't want to say on the show that he's I'm into not it. Sure. I'm not sure I've ever put that much effort into any relationship I've been in. <laughs> like, no, I never will. If, if 
the other person starts washing their face in their own urine, then okay, whatever. It's, uh, uh, maybe this is a phase. <laughs> um, but if they start washing my face, I'm the out. Red flag, it is. So I had a curiosity about the opposite end of this conversation. Rather than the worst way to go, how would what would be the best way to go? And I'll preface that with. Um, I read that, um, or I listened to that Steve Jobs autobiography or biography where when he died, of course it was like pancreatic cancer and he had tried all these like holistic remedies of like eating only peaches Which for a month. Which killed him. Killed yeah. him. Yeah. They could have saved him. But as he laid in bed in his last moments dying, surrounded by his family with the best possible medical care, the last words he said were, wow, wow, oh Wow. And that seems like a pretty fucking sweet way to go. Um, but Corwin, we'll start with you. Have you ever given consideration as to how you would rather go? Would, would it be like a, a um, D.B. Cooper jumping out of a plane with a million dollars and you die because you're, you know, and go down in a blaze of glory, guns nobody knows firing? That DB, but, nobody knows whether or not D.B. Cooper lived or died. I'm just... No, nobody knows. D.B. Cooper but, could oh, still be out there. Or would it be but, an old man, like, you know, in bed with surrounded by your, your beautiful fucking family yeah. or whatnot? Um, the best way to die. Um, the best way to die, I think, because I've been thinking about it a lot lately, uh, over the last week, the best way to die would be after living a life spent getting ready for it. Boom. The, um, like just spending after, I hope to die after spending my entire life, A, coming to terms with it, um, B, living in such a way that I finish everything that I wanted to finish and see I still have loved ones around me when I do die. And D, I can die, which kind of goes back to B, uh, I just want to be able to die satisfied or either satisfied or having come to terms with uh, what I've left behind. Don't ask me how I want to die because I'm not going to go after that. Oh, oh. Um, okay, so I'll 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 bring it down. Um, God, I haven't even thought about it. I really haven't thought about it. I guess I've thought about nothing else for the last since Friday. So yeah, I bet so. And um, the weird thing is, I didn't even. Well, we'll get into that. For it. Go ahead. What's your What's your okay. preferred way to die? So off the top of my head, um, I'll kind of maybe revert to my younger self who gave it more thought. Uh, doing something fantastic. Um, like, uh, okay, so, you know, the guy in Independence Day, who's like Randy Quaid, he's like the fuck up and he's like, just trying to, you know, take care Hello, of his family boys. and doing his thing. I'm yeah. back. Right. As he flies up in the, his biplane. No, it yeah. wasn't a biplane. He flies, somehow he's able to fly Crap a biplane, duster. which means that he's, he, he's able to fly a jet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of thing, like if I could say maybe my perfect way to die would be something that, um, would have an impact or would matter in that way. Now, uh, I've so that had, goes back to satisfaction. You die satisfied. Yeah, like at this point, look. Now that I've had kids, if I were to die in some stupid car wreck tomorrow, I really feel like it's totally fine. Like my kids will do and leave whatever mark on the earth. It's not on my shoulders anymore. Like they are the mark I left on the earth, and that's a beautiful thought. But if I were to go to say like the best best like wildest dreams way to die would be like saving the world i would love to do that the most ignoble way to way to go right next to on the toilet like elvis you know yeah, i read where's that, somewhere, where's that postage stamp 
I read somewhere in a no, uh, in a book called Gulp by Mary Roach. I read that you actually uh, spike your blood pressure uh, whenever you're okay. We're gonna we talked about pee. Now we're gonna talk about poop. Uh, when you go to the bathroom, you actually spike your blood pressure when you bear down. Like that's one of the ways you can um, pass a lie detector test is by like clinching. Clench your anus. Every time they ask a question, clench your anus and bear down a little bit because it spikes your blood pressure, which throws off now. the machine. Like, push. You make that noise. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, it That's spikes your blood pressure. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I, ho- I <laughs> all, hope all everybody... The li- <laughs> all the listeners are doing that right now. I can do it. I hope all three of us took a second to try it just then. Uh, well, I have to pee, oh. so I held off. Because I did, um, but you can you can fuck up a lie detector test because all a lie detector test is it it measures your heart rate, your uh, perspiration, and your your respiration. It, it's just if, if, if I was being given a lie detector test and I was going to try and pass it by doing that, I would fail I, because every time every time we ask her a question, she turns red and she makes a little <laughs> noise. Also, I watched Steve Wilkos and Mari and Jerry Springer, and you can't pass those. That's jokes. What are, what are you referencing? I don't, I don't get Steve it. Steve Wilko? Huh? Steve Wilko? Do you not know who that is? Is this something I'm too old to be familiar How with or too you? young? How old are you? I'm 34. But he, he's Amish. He grew up with So like, Steve Wilko cows. was on the Jerry Springer show. You know who that is? I know Jerry Springer. Jerry, and so Jerry. He, he got his own show. And they do a lot of lie detector tests. Fabian, if you don't know who this is either. Anyways, they do a lot oh, of I do, because my, my brother's tests. about to do a cameo, uh, get him to do a cameo for my mom um, soon, I think, because she was a big Steve Wilco fan. Like, like the, you know what a cameo is? Website? Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but yeah. with celebrities. So he's going to have yeah. Steve Wilco tell my mom hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's pretty baller. Okay, so I, I only bring that up because Mary Roach said... Uh, there's a lot of evidence that Elvis Presley basically couldn't shit his entire life, never was able to shit right. And, uh, he died on the toilet because he was addicted to opiates, which constipates you. He couldn't fucking shit right his entire life, uh, which was another additional layer. And then he just bore down and gave himself a stroke. Your chance of stroke elevates like a hundred percent whenever you're going to the bathroom. (laughs) Unless you eat enough fiber. So, eat your greens, kids. Um, so, do you remember Terry Schiavo? That sounds familiar. Terry so, Schiavo. She's like a Oh, a the, the, the lady who was like basically brain dead. Yeah. And then there was this whole big thing like the family wanted to keep her alive and the husband was like, no, just yeah. let her body die. She is dead. Let her yeah. body die. So, the family was convinced that she was responding when they would talk to her. But she would also respond to like a floating mylar balloon. It was like involuntary neuromuscular movements. She it was enough to convince you if you were the mother that your daughter is still alive. But it was not. She wasn't responding to anything. Um, and then the um, the way that she was going to die was removing the feeding tube. So her body and her whatever was active enough to give this idea that she was like, interacting with things. She wasn't just a total hundred percent vegetable. 
That right. was the issue. So she, it was convincing. Like her spinal enough. cord was intact or something, but right. everything that makes you a person was gone. Yeah, there was some degree of animation, but no degree of humanity. And so, um, so what was keeping her alive was the feeding tube. What was cruel about the situation, what was so like the the, the um, controversy, was that removing the feeding tube would make her starve to death. It wasn't that like. Oh, we're going to turn off the ventilator and she dies. No, nah, she was breathing on her own. They were going to starve her to death. And it was because the husband was making that order because he wanted to move on with his fucking life. Now, what was a footnote of that story was how she ended up in that condition in the first place. She had been anorexic. And because your muscles work and they fire off of calcium and potassium ions... When you deprive them of too many of those, your muscles will cramp. Like if sometimes, like I don't know if like athletes know, like you eat a banana to get the potassium, it helps reduce cramps. Well, her cardiac muscles didn't have enough potassium ions to fire off and continue to beat her heart. So she had a heart attack. And that's what caused the oxygen deprivation to her brain, which put her in that condition. To me, that's just an interesting part of the story. Like, if you'd heard that when it was on the news a ton, a ton, like I did when I was whatever age, um, that was one part that was glossed over a lot. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Huh. I never actually, I thought it was like, I just assumed it was a car accident or something that put her exactly. in position. But, but back to your, your point, like the idea that, uh, okay, the only way we can allow her to die is basically just not intervene and let her starve to death. That is fucked up. We have the tools to put her out. Like, we... Kevorkian. Kevorkian gets such a bad fucking rap. Uh, Dr. Death or whatever. We we expect humans to live with pain and suffering that we would never, ever inflict on pets. Like, that just blows my mind. If your, if your pet, if your dog or your cat... We're living with the kind of suffering that a human being has to live through at in in state in stage cancer or brain damage or you know some down. some terminal thing. You would just say like, okay, you will never get better. The most humane thing is to put you out of your misery. But if they're a human being, you don't do that. <laughs> you like, oh no, we can't like assisted suicide. We can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. So we just, we inflict continued suffering on them. I see what you're saying, but I have a friend that, um, mm -hmm. he's, he's older now. He's just like a six year old man. He's like a fam Kayla, family friend. Anyways, he was on life support, um, at one point from like a really bad motorcycle wreck and a coma for a, a little bit. So they were, they pulled the plug on him and he didn't mm -hmm. die. He woke up and was like what the fuck huh. pulled the plug on him but right. he didn't die yeah okay so he didn't need the he didn't need the assistance he woke up he he was well, like but they but they thought they pulled it though right or like let's let him go but he didn't go right like one of the th 11 kicking they're they're like anecdotal instances of people waking up in the morgue because the doctor declares them <gasps> dead but they're That's, not dead scares so there's, okay. Well, there's also people that um, are awake during surgery. On, yes, or oh god, or um, a or coma, coma like state, I guess. But mm -hmm. they're aware of everything. They can't. They just can't do shit about it, like sleep paralysis. 
Okay, so we're going to set aside death for a second. I want to learn more about Marge. Earlier you referenced an interview that you did with somebody. Now you're talking about recordings you've done. What is this? Like, what do you do? Like, what what is this secret thing? Well, I don't know if, but if it's secret. It's just I don't know about it yet. What is this thing you do? Oh, I thought Fabian told you. No. I told I, him I, nothing. <laughs> oh, did you just think I'm just a random person? Oh, okay. I, well, I, am, a, I am a random person. You you yeah. are a random person to me. I am coming to, into this like Larry King, who was proud of not knowing anything about his guests when he went in for an interview, uh, which I think was like "fuck you, Larry King." Do some research. But Fabian so, has made me go into this like Larry King. My name is Morgan. I do podcasts, and I I'm re giving my podcast a makeover, and I'm so I'm not telling you the name of it yet. And okay. uh, but the one prior. It's actually out there. You can go listen to all of it. But so I interviewed a life coach like when COVID first started. And that was my first um, like big interview. And his name is Marco. And it went great. So then I got a message from someone, which I need to get on this site so you can have people um, want to be on your show. And this guy named Lee Sam Keish asked to be on my podcast. And this is a, a quote unquote celebrity and he's in um, what's that TV show where they're? It's, he's on a TV show on Netflix. He's a what do you call him? Well, he didn't want me to call he's him a the Tiger King. Yes. So I um, planned this interview with this person, like not scripted, but like I had my bullet points and everything that like I wanted him to feed off me and like play off each other. And I ha it was going to be fun, but he shot down everything. He. Made me feel like I did not know what I was doing. So he was a terrible guest. And he didn't even have, whenever we were on video chat, he he didn't have a mic. He had his little earbuds in with the recording thing. So he sounded like shit. And so he didn't care. Know. He didn't respect what you were doing. He, he So all. he's a celebrity. He's totally coasting on his quote unquote celebrity status. I've never heard mm -hmm. this motherfucker. Uh, but he's totally coasting on his celebrity status and not respecting you and what you're doing creatively. Yeah, and I did a lot of research on this person. I wanted him to do some accents because his IMDb said he could do them. Mm -hmm. And he he said to me, he said, usually I get paid to do accents. So I edited and I threw some change out and I said, okay, well, we'll skip this. And he says, well, I'm totally disappointing you and your audience. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I but mean... But then, but you can hear me clicking my pen the entire time because I'm so, I'm actually just really pissed off. Anxious and just like, fucking motherfucker. Well, uh, first 10 minutes in, I was anxious, but then I was just mad. Well, what I want to do is actually put it out and go through and listen to it because I can't, haven't listened to the whole thing in a while. And then hmm. just say how I'm feeling and like, just what, I don't know. He actually, he actually is one of the reasons that I decided to change the name of my podcast and kind of revamp it and lost motivation for a little while. He made me right. feel so uh, inferior or just not enough. God, what what is this guy's name again? I want to. His name is Wee Sam Keish, and he has a podcast Wee called Keish. Wee Sam Wor Wee Sam's World. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Ouija boards? I think that it is the, um, shit, what's that called? Automotive? Effect? No, auto. So you don't believe in it? No, 
no, it is complete bullcrap. Every time it's tested, like, um, every time, like, uh, okay, you Ouija board uh, experts, we're going to put you in front of a Ouija board. We're going to reorient the Ouija board in such a way that you will not have memorized where the letters and the responses are, uh, and we're going to film you. Are you okay with that? Yes, we're okay with that because we're Ouija board experts and we can totally commune with the dead. Okay, we're going to do that. Every time that happens, like an actual scientific experiment is conducted on Ouija boards, no results. Like either what, what you get I... gibberish or they're moving, they're moving the planchette over empty board. What if I could change your mind? Would you do it with me? I would, I would give it a shot. Or at least be the person that writes the stuff. And Fabian, if you, you, do you do it? Absolutely. I have a weird I, Ouija board I, I, experience. I have so a Ouija board in my closet right now. I love, I, have right now. I love the idea of the occult and Ouija boards and ghosts and all of that. Like, I love that stuff. I would love to find out that something is real. But the more I read about it and the more I see of it, the more I'm convinced, like, if it is real, nobody has actually shown it yet. You got to quit reading about it. Get off Google. I'm not okay. I'm not on Google. I'm like Penn and Teller. And I mean, that's a, like a Disney when I Adventure ask magazine. That, it's like Disney. So, <laughs> okay, so I have a story. So, when I was 17, my dad took me to a psychic, and his name's Angel. And because um, me and my dad and my brother, we have this, we have this dark spirit not when i say dark i mean like he's black like not like negative but black you know i'm saying well there goes that um hey so like, remember earlier when we were like hey we'll cut out the racist parts yeah i know that <laughs> the pro- yeah. so that's well, that's where that goes anyways <laughs> shadowy figure um damn it anyway what do you mean so, shadowy figure i'm sorry go ahead you know like so I went to see this guy, and I've never met him before, and he, all, a lot of shit happens, but to me, he um, asks me if I've ever done a Ouija board before, and I was, what did I say, 17? And I was like, yeah, maybe when I was 12 at a slumber party, joking, I don't fucking know. And he said, okay, well, when you did, you released a, a spirit that's been following you around everywhere, and will continue to. And since then, so I have a spirit that follows me around. His name's Roger. And uh, I'll, I know he's here or some, when he's there because I'll see him out of the corner of my eye. And so I've used my Ouija board now and I've talked to Roger and I've asked him, Jesus Christ. Is that Roger? Is that was Roger. It was Roger. Stacks of books over. Jesus. Um, so I asked Roger if his name was really, well, if his name was Roger and he said no. And if it was okay if I called him that, he said, yeah. And then I asked him if he looked like Abraham Lincoln because I see him wearing a top hat, but he doesn't. So apparently me and Roger were married a very, very, very long time ago. And he's just been following me around ever since watching out for me, I guess. And, and okay. That's kind of creepy. I asked him dude. about my cats and he said, he said he's allergic to Ian and Tinkerbell. Those are my two cats. And, mm-hmm. um, how's he allergic to anything? Well, I mean, when he was alive, he's allergic. Oh, to okay. Right. And so I asked him if he could see them or if they could see him. And he said, no, they can't. But then recently, you can keep up with this. I So I was doing the Ouija board by myself. And um, this, I talked to one of my spirit guides. And they said that Ian, my one of my 
my cat, saw him or her. And I said, how? And he said, because he's a ball of light. And he said, I don't think he likes me and not all those words, but, and, uh, I said, it's okay. He's just, he's just old. And he was probably really just annoyed with the light. But anyways, that's my story. Okay. All right. I mean, I've, I would love to actually have some convincing evidence that ghosts are real or that spirits continue after the point of death. Okay, uh, here we go. Well, what do you think? You, so, what do you think we go after we die? Um, same place we were before we were born, probably. The big, uh, big bang. We are meat robots with. So the way I think of it is, um, so your mind is a cup. And you are constantly filling the cup with thoughts. You're, uh, you have a thought, you have a feeling, you have an emotion. Like all of these things constantly fill the cup. But the cup has a hole in the bottom where all of those things like just drain out and they disappear. Eventually, when the electrons start, when the synapses stop firing, when the electrical signals stop and you stop having those thoughts and those feelings and all of those things that make you a human being... That drum, that cup, drains, and that is death. If that makes sense. Um, Fabian, does that make sense, or am I babbling? It does. It reminds me of that thing about how, um, like, if you like, people talk about like the soul or the spirit and the connectivity to everything that exists, and how if you like were to scoop a cup of water from the ocean while it's in the cup, that's you. But then when you die, it's like pouring the cup back into the ocean, and um, it, it's a little bit more romantic than. The phrasing of like we're meat robots, I think that maybe confuses <laughs> right your your point. It's almost like a conflict of ideas. It's when when you die, that's just the thoughts have stopped and the cup is empty, and now all that's left is the cup. But everything that you were was this constant flow and refreshing of you know your consciousness, and then that's gone. That's just it's gone. Can I get into what has been fucking me up since Friday? Please do. Um, so my uh, my wife's mother died in 2019, and then her dad died on Friday. Uh, when her mother died, uh, my wife was all kinds of fucked up, understandably. Uh, How after did she her, die? Um, she um, just... When when the directions on the Tylenol say only take two every six hours, kids only take two every six hours. Um, acetaminophen, like she she's a hypochondriac, and she would take a Tylenol. She would take overdose on Tylenol every time she felt anything. So she basically killed her liver, and she, so she died the same way like a heavy drinker dies. Her liver was just gone, so she died. Um, confused and in the midst of dementia and it was not a good way to go um so her dad died on friday and i didn't really like either one of these people they were both conservative republican you know they didn't like me because i'm not apologetic about being progressive and not being uh basically not being an asshole to people that aren't like me uh, so they didn't like me about for that. And I didn't like the way they treated their daughter and cause I've got thoughts on what a parent owes their child and they did not live up to that, uh, being conservative Christians, obviously. 
Um, sorry, Marge. I don't know. I don't know what your religious leanings are, but this is just uh, where where I'm coming from. I was raised from. a Southern Baptist, but I'm not. I don't. I'm a um, is it agnostic? I mean, the, I, believe in, the, I believe in something. But I believe more in the universe than I do um, what I was raised. Okay. Um, I mean, the the best cure for religiosity is being raised religious. So, um, the but after her dad died and going over to uh, the house that his her mother and her dad died in, it is fucking me up because I'm just. Like, I'm walking through all of their hobbies. Like, her dad has this train set that takes up half the attic. It's the largest footprint for train model trains in northwest Arkansas, is what she told me. It is massive. And it is maybe a quarter of the way done. And I'm just looking around at, like, oh, there's a screwdriver sitting here next to, next to some building. There's a screwdriver sitting there. And I'm just thinking, at some point, he he had plans for this. He was going to work on this. He was going to... He, he had an end goal in mind, and he put that screwdriver down, and then he walked away from it thinking, I'll be right back for that. But he never came, he never came back for it. He had no idea when he put that screwdriver down that that was the last time he was going to put that down. On the other side of the attic is all of her mom's, like her six fucking sewing machines, embroidery machines, or all of that stuff, like all of her hobbies. And I'm realizing like the thing that really drives the idea of death into my mind is not that I won't ever see these people again. It's not uh, that they are gone from this mortal coil. It's not the urns that they are, their ashes come back in. The thing that drives home that these people are dead is their hobbies or rather what's left of their hobbies because on her mom died in 2019. It didn't really hit me that her mom was dead until I saw a sewing machine in the attic that had uh, like a purple, her mom was like made clothes for our kids. And there was this like little blouse and pants set that was just draped over the sewing machine. It had like pins through it. It was half done. Uh, at some point, her mom put that down, half done. All the little pins, like the pins, are really are a focus for me for some reason because that kind of symbol signifies that it was not done. She put that down and she was like, all right, I'll finish this later. She never finished it. And that feels like, oh my God, that is life. I will set something down one day and I will never come back to it. They set something down and were like, I'll be right back for this. And they never did again. They're gone. I don't even like this pe these people. And I was standing in the attic almost crying over this. Take that, like they put their pen down and, and finished something, but they didn't get the chance to. Think about the last time you hung out with your friends when you were little you know you'd all go play at someone's house or something and that was the last time you did it but you didn't think about it at the time i'm saying exactly yeah like the, there's that whole thing like at some point your parents put you down and they never picked you up again but you never know when that last time is right, right. the it's that same kind of idea but it's like the that idea being applied to personal pursuits to like 
things that they are doing, the, the things that they weren't even thinking about, the thoughtless actions that they had every day that just stopped. That's what really drove it home to me that, like, holy shit, I'm running out of words for it. Anyway, Fabian, Marge, what are, what are your thoughts on it, on this? I'm drinking and babbling. Thoughts on, um, I mean, is this, have you lost anybody before? I've lost my, uh, my grandfather died, uh, I don't know, more than 10 years ago. My granny died a few years ago after a prolonged bout of just vegetableism. But other than that, not really, no. Well, just one thing that this makes me think of, um, talking about last time, just two things, actually. The first one is really recent. Um, Tony Hawk just had some video that went viral because he's 52 years old right now, and he did a 540, whatever that is. I'm pretty sure it talks. it's referring to the degrees of rotation. It's um, like 360 plus, plus a half. Plus right. 180, yeah. He did it for what they believe is the last time. And like the video is really emotional because he's like, he's realizing like, this is probably the last time I'm going to do this trick. And, um, and it's kind of cool because he's probably right. And everybody's seeing that he's probably right. And so everybody gets to, it's like, for once we caught it, we get to see it, we know it. Um, but then like when I was a kid or a teenager, I was really into um, The Crow, that movie. And Brandon Lee died in it. And I had it on VHS, and after the credits, it had this, like, chunk of interview with him. And he quotes, I think, a William Blake poem, maybe, um, where they talk about, like, he, he's talking about how many more times will you see, like, a full moon? Like, you can literally count them, because there's only so many in a year, and there's only so many years left in your life. And if, unless you're going to live to be a really old man, I mean, odds are there's a countable number of them. It is finite. And uh, and when I was like 14 watching this, um, it sounded cool. But now that I'm like 38 watching it or thinking about it, uh, it's not as cool. It's kind of uncomfortable because there are a lot of things I could have probably count, physically count, with reasonable numbers that are the last times I will do them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just watching my drink, watching the bubbles come up to the surface of my drink and trying to equate that somehow to life. So you, but uh, You had kind of a rough last few months with the passing of your grandfather though uh it was it wasn't just like a quick thing huh oh no your mother's uh, father your mother's uh, father no my uh my wife's father yeah that's what i'm sorry yeah Yeah. uh it was a slow decline and the entire time uh right up until the last few days really he was talking about like oh when i get better when i get better or when we like he did not give up and then so he's dead now my job has been to go through all of his books and haul out all of the right-wing crazy propaganda which equates to about and i'm not i'm not being hyperbolic he had about a thousand pounds of just right-wing tucker carlson uh, glenn beck rush limbaugh all of those every single one of them he had in there and it was my job to haul them all out while i'm doing that i'm also hauling out um how to how to be 10 years younger in 10 weeks how to uh reverse the effects of cancer how to so he's this like just going through his books i'm looking at it he's this terrified man 
who does not accept that he's going to die and has been struggling with cancer for like 14 years. Uh, he doesn't, he, he, he never came to terms with it. He never accepted it. And he, so he would turn to um, alternative medicine, which, you know, if it was, it's alternative medicine. If it worked, it would just be medicine. But turning to alternative medicine, um, psychic healing, like I'm learning all of this about him as I'm pulling these books out to haul them away. And like, I'm just painting this picture in my mind of this, this terrified man at the end of his life. And as soon as he actually gave up, he was gone in like three days. Like as soon as he came to terms with it, he, he fucking died. So I'm like, shit, do I ever want to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to die? Obviously, I'm going to, but that also seems to mean, like, as soon as you come to terms with it, you do it. So, I see a grief counselor. Um, whenever my ex, Rob, died, I lost. Well, I'm over everybody that I've lost. I guess because I did love, was in love with this person at one time, that it was different. Um, but, so, my grief counselor, talk, you know, she's helped me through that, but she's also... My mother is a severe alcoholic and she's just, she's 55, but she's slowly, she's not going to live past 60. So, and like she, her brain is just completely altered from the alcohol that it's not the same mom anymore. And so mm -hmm. I'm basically already going through the grieving state of losing my mother, even though she's still here because she's not the mom that I um, remember or that I want or right. so. I, yeah, I've, I've already come to terms that and accepted that my mother's not going to, not going to live very, very much longer. Is it that you're, you've come to terms with the fact that your mother's not going to live for very much longer? Or have you come to terms with the fact that your mother's already dead because she's not the same person? Well, my, the mother that I did know is, is, is no longer here. I want right. to say dead, but. Um, sorry. Sorry. I, no, 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 no. That's fine. I default but, um, to, to just fucking rude i guess no no no. that's not rude but i'm but i'm just saying like coming to terms with i don't know i've had to come to terms with death and and so that as kayla than most people so now i look at death as like you know what when i die it's cool because i mean i'll be with all my friends again that's right. morbid but it's the truth so here's the funny thing i was going through a hard drive the other day um and I ended up staying up all night. I was so engaged in going down memory lane and all of these things. Because after every computer has died or laptop has died, I've carried a chunk of things over. I've always backed something up and carried it over. And um, so I was just going through this whole thing. Anyway, um, I found a folder labeled The Complete Musical Works of Logan Hodge. And this kid was... No, didn't. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. I said, no, no you didn't. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, um, there was a, and back in the early days of YouTube, there was a video of some guy standing in the woods and he's talking about waffle fries and unforgivable, which is like a Puff Daddy reference, I think. And, um, and it went viral. It was like one of the early videos that everybody saw. And turns out it was these two guys in Texarkana, Arkansas. And um, the, the guy holding the camera was this guy, Logan Hodge. And I met him briefly so this one little chapter and he was making a short film film um called florence and so i would follow him and his buddies around 
and they had like a nice camera and they'd made these little tracks with wheels so they could do tracking shots that were smooth and it was in black and white and um and the guy just had this whole like plan he wasn't just bullshitting he had the whole plan um and then he would come over sometime and we just everybody picked up instruments even people that didn't play music and we all made a bunch of noise and he called it uh oh this is another ted power in the uh ted ted frank and the power album i was like ha 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 that's cute no like he he put it together he edited it edited it and labeled things and made it into an album and he gave me a, a thumb drive once and i copied it and it was like 10 albums by ted frank and the power plus all the other albums he'd done with all of his other musical uh, projects. And at some point, I think he moved out to California and got into some kind of hip-hop scene. And then somewhere along the way, he passed away. Um, but Marge, didn't you know him too? Yeah. Uh, so his anniversary of his passing was recently. And uh, my memory, I posted on Facebook. And it's a picture of his eye. And I'm holding, Kayla took the picture. And I'm holding a needle. And I, with the, we were in Lawson Lawrence's pool. I don't I don't know what we were doing, but I was holding this needle up to his eye. And then it says for the art, something for the art or something like that. I Maybe we were picture. referencing Clockwork Orange or something like that. <laughs> 